All right, Shabbos say good morning, good morning, let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning, sure to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul, Jerry and Sar Walaski for dedicating all the Shirin Joshos this month. In this chus for a foreshadow for Zachariah Dov Ben Parol Shira, to thank the Tilson and Wall families of Eretz Yisrael for, in, for dedicating all the Shirin Joshos this month in honor of our children's weddings and with much much simcha and best wishes for Exiva Vachasimatova. To Shani and Aaron Kelman, also very Saw for dedicating all the Shuman Joshua's this month in memory of their beloved parents and in the schuss of all those who need our for Shalimah. To thank Selma Wolf for dedicating all the Shuman Joshua's this month with immense gratitude to Hashem and with Tfilos for health for all in the new year. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Dvora and Maish Wertersheim for continuing Rufuah Shalema for Avram Yeshaya Gershom Ben Devora Chana. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he together with Kol Chol the Yisrael will have a complete and enduring Rufuah. Well, see, with that, let us begin a lot to do today. Always a lot to do and seemingly never enough time. But all right, we'll, we'll make it work in Merit Today's Dap is Chaf Vav 26. We actually left off only at the Mishnah on Chav Hamid base, 25 beasts. Remember again, Mishnah introduced to us the concept of acquiring animals. And again, the Mishnah made a distinction between a behemah gasa and a behemah daka, small animal versus a large animal. And we see a machlokis in the Mishnah between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Ali, uh, sorry, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Ali Ezra on one side and the Chachamim on the other side. So the Gemara says as follows, Darash Rav Bikim Chunya, Behemah Gasa, Niknis B'Mashicha. So Rav Darshin in a place called Kimchonia, that a Behemah Gasa, large animal, is acquired with Mashicha. So also remember again, just to, just to once again define our Kinyanim, we have Hadba, lifting something up. We have Mashicha, which is causing something to move from one domain to another. That could be through you pulling or pushing the animal, or it could be Karla Viba. You're calling out to the animal, the animal moving, and then of course there's Masira. And Masira, I explained in yesterday's daf, is the act of giving over the reins, or the halter, or or the purchaser taking taking hold of the hair of the animal. So Reb, so Rav, Darshan's in Kimchonia that a behemah gas, a large animal, is acquired with Mashicha. Okay, So Shmuel found some of the students of Rav. Did Rav actually say that a large animal is acquired with Mashiva? But in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, our Mishnah says, Behema Gasa is Niknis B'Mesira. It has acquired by Mesira, not Mashiva. So what's going on? The Rav Mesira Amar. And Rav also subscribed to this view in the Mishnah, namely that a Behema Gasa, a large animal, is acquired through Mesira. Hadr Be'me'ahi. Did Rav retract his position? So the Gemara says, Hudamar Kiyaitana. No, Rav holds like the following opinion. The Sanya of the Chachamim of the Chum say, Zu Vizu Niknis Bemeshicha. The Chachamim, remember again, we saw this in Mishnah as well. The Chachamim say that Halachalamaisa, both a Behemah Gasa as well as a Behemah, as well as a Behemah Daka, could be acquired with Meshicha. Rabbi Shimon on Rashimon says, Zu Vizu Bahagba. Ultimately, again, both the Behemah Gasa and Behemah Daka could be a card of Hagbas. So before we go on, before we go on, so therefore the Gemara is just suggesting is that Rav himself holds, like another town of the Chachamim in the Raisa, and the Chachamim in the Raisa hold that both the Behemah Gasa as well as the Behemah Daka could be acquired with Mashiach. Good. That's the end of that conversation. Now, 
This same Braisa brought up Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Shimon says, that both the Behemagas and Behemadaka could be acquired with Hagbar. Now, both say, now that's a tall order. So, in other words, so a Behemadaka, small animal, Hagbar, I understand. Behemagasa, a large animal, a large animal, ultimately, again, a large animal, how exactly are you doing that with Hagbar? So the word says as follows. So what if you have an elephant? You're in the market for an elephant. You would like to acquire an elephant. So Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, that an elephant is a good example of a behemagasa, a large animal. Rabbi Shimon is of the opinion that behemagasa is acquired with hagbal. Well, how am I doing hagbal on an elephant? Right? It's a shayla. It's a shayla. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, um, good. Okay, so we'll say, so first of all, in the world of Kinyanim and the world of movable property, there are other ways to acquire items. So for example, obviously an elephant, you can't do Hagbal, but you can do Chalipin. Remember again, Chalipin is the flip act of acquisition where one party gives an item, right? A gives an item to B, and therefore again, B goes ahead and, and conveys ownership of an item to A. So you can acquire an elephant with Chalipin, Inami, Besokar Es Mekomo. So we'll say this actually, and we'll talk about this more. The other possibility is you could rent the area upon which the elephant is situated, and therefore, again, I would be like a Kenyan Chaser or a Kenyan Agov. So, for example, again, if I want to buy an elephant from Ruvain, and the elephant happens to be in Ruvain's backyard, so Ruvain could rent me a chilek of his backyard. Again, now I own the land, so to speak, and that by owning the land, I could also go ahead and acquire anything situated on top of the land. So just good to know, two different ways of acquiring an elephant so far, one with a Kenyan Chalipin, and ultimately, again, one with a Kenyan Chaser. Or a Kinyanago. So Rabbi Zira Omer, maybe Arbakalim, Umanichan Takas Raglov. This is interesting, I will say. Another way to acquire an elephant is bring four utensils, four Kalim, and have the elephant insert each of its feet into one of the Kalim. Sturdy Kalim, obviously. I will say, so, so interesting, so what, what is that? What is that? So interestingly enough, Rashi says, or maybe Arbakalim, Dikani Le Kalov. Ultimately, again, what will happen over here is the actual utensils of the purchaser will acquire that. Remember, we'll say we have a concept of Caleb Shal Adam Konalo, that a person's utensils acquire on his behalf. So essentially, what we're suggesting over here is have the elephant put each of its feet into a utensil owned by the purchaser, and ultimately, again, the Caleb will acquire the, the elephant. Okay? So the Gemara says, Shamis Mina just as an aside, Kalev Shalokeach Bershus Mochar Koralokeach. Just as an aside, the Gemara says that we see from here that the utensils ultimately, again, of a purchaser have the ability to acquire in the domain of the seller. We've actually seen this concept before by a husband throwing a get to his wife and the wife acquiring it in her cle. Fine. Hachamas. What's the case over here? Besimta. It could be able to say this could work. This could work even if Halachalamaisa. It's not the domain of the of the of the seller. Rather, since Rabbi Yosef Rashi points out over here is zavis she eats rosh sarabim ve'in lorosh sarav lorosh sayachet. A simta is like an alleyway. 
like an alleyway, that all, or literally a corner, that is next to the Rosh Hashanah, but it's not really considered to be public domain, nor is it considered to be private domain. So how do you use a Simta? Essentially, whoever is situated in the Simta has the ability to use it to acquire. Okay? Inami, Rabbi Sayyid Tapav Chavav, Inami, another way to acquire the elephant, Bichavile Zimuros. Ultimately, again, with a pile of branches. Now look at Rashi. These are a bundle of branches. Rashi says, now, first of all, so before, before we go on to this last piece, so remember, again, what we're trying to just to figure out is if Rav is really correct and that even Ebehe Magasa or Rabbi Shimon is correct and that even Ebehe Magasa ultimately, again, is always Behagba. No, nah, that's not Rav. Sorry, Rav was Mashiach. If Rabbi Shimon is correct, that even Ebehe Magasa is always Behagba, how are you doing Hagba on an elephant? Okay, so it's just, obviously it's an exaggerated example to try to go ahead and isolate the concept. How do I do Hagba on a Behemagasa? So, so, so far what we've seen is, there's always Khalifin, there's always Khalifin, right? There ultimately, again, is a Kenyan Chatzar, right? There could also be, there could also be Kalim, right? Let the animal literally step into the Kalim of the purchaser, right? Now what we've also seen, right, good, fine, Kalim. Now the Gemara gives, goes back and tells you, no, 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 I could show you a case of Hagba. I could show you a case of Hagba by a Behemagasa, even by an elephant, that should work. What's the case? Now this is top of Chavav, this is 26a. First line, Chavile Zmuros. Look at Rashi. Chavile Zmuros. Hagivon mina aretz shloshet tfachim. So imagine the following situation. Imagine you have a bundle of branches. And this bundle, this bundle has a height of over three tfachim. Umolichin alehem. And what do, you, what do I do? I take the elephant and I lead the elephant onto this bundle. Onto this bundle. And what happens? It's actually very interesting. So what do I do? If I lead the animal, I create the bundle of branches, I lead the animal onto the bundle of branches. So I'm say now, when the animal sits on top of the branches, it is more than three tfachim off the ground. Remember, within three tfachim, within three tfachim of the ground, what are you? What are you? Lovud. Lovud means that you're situated on the ground. So I'm say, so now what I'm doing is I'm leading the animal to a height of above three tfachim. That the Yimar wants to, wants to suggest is effectively Hagba. That's Hagba, right? I'm causing, see, what's interesting is Hagba isn't only lifting something, Hagba is also causing something to be lifted. To be lifted. So therefore, as long as Halacha Lamaisa, I'm the one leading the animal up the height of three Tfachim, that constitutes, that constitutes Hagba. Okay, well, say so it's just fascinating. Fascinating. So remember again, the way we paskin, the way we paskin ultimately again is both behema gasa behema daka are acquired by mashicha, are acquired by mashicha. Um, ultimately, again, hagba will also work by behema gasa by behema daka. Sorry, we don't really have hagba. Ultimately, again, by behema gasa. Good. Let's go back there. So I'll say. So now, remember, j- just to show you how we're transitioning over here. So remember, we went from the halachos of an eved ivri to the halachos of an eved kinani to the halachos of acquiring livestock. And now we're going to deal with the halachos of acquiring real property. Top of chavav. So nechasim sheyesh lamachrayis. Niknim bekesef u bishtar bechazaram. So we'll say, so literally, we'll say, just let's, let's translate the phrase literally. Nechasim, property, shiyesh lahem achrayas, for which there is responsibility, or for whom there is, or yeah, for which there is responsibility. And we'll say, now what does this refer to? We know this is the phrase that refers to karko, land, real estate. 
or say, why is real estate called Nechazim Sheish Lamechrayis? So Rashi points out over here, he says, Sheish Lamechrayis, Hainu Karkos, Shachrayis Kol Adam Halove Vanosha Bechavero Alehen. Vishikan, we'll say, remember again, in general, the way it works with real estate is, when you purchase real estate, you purchase real estate, you are also purchasing a guarantee on that real estate. So therefore, again, if something were to happen to that real estate, I'm going back to the seller. So for example, I buy land from Ruvain. And then what happens? Ruvain's creditor comes and seizes that land from me in satisfaction of a pre-existing debt. So what's the halacha? What's the halacha? What's the halacha? I can go back to Ruvain. That means that's why land is called Nechasim Shiyesh Lahem Achrayis, right? Property with which there is a guarantee of security. Because generally, again, when it comes to real estate, if for some reason you lose the asset, or I should say you lose it, the asset is taken from you, you have the ability to go back to the seller to be made whole. So, so the Gemara is so fine. So the Chasim, so therefore, land could be acquired with Kasef, money, Shtar, document, Chazaka. You both say, what's Chazaka? Chazaka is an act of ownership. Something physical that demonstrates ownership. Examples of that, you put up a fence. You put up a fence. You start digging in the field. These are acts that only an owner is allowed to perform. And if you're not an owner, you're not allowed to do it. So therefore, you're going to say that's called chazaka, proprietary act, an act that demonstrates ownership. What about non, non-real estate property? Which we say is essentially like kind of covers everything else. Right? All other movable property. We'll say that could only be acquired with mashicha. With Mashiach. So I'll say, so that's your general movable property, could be acquired with Mashiach. Once again, I'll say, remember again, what's Mashiach? So Mashiach is the act of transferring an item or causing them to be transferred from one domain to another. So I'll say, now there's another Kiddush. So now, look how the Mishnah started. The Mishnah started by telling me real property, land, Kasef, Shtar, Chazaka. Movable property, movable property, Nechasim She'en Lanach Rayas, right? Meshicha. Meshicha. Gotta transfer it one way into another. Now, third halacha. Nechasim She'en Lanach Rayas, Niknim in Nechasim Sheish Lanach Rayas. Now, let's listen to this. Movable property could be acquired with real property. In other words, when you acquire real property, you could also acquire movable property together with that real property. We'll discuss how that works. And wh- how do you do that? That's Bekesef, Bishtar, Ubechazaka. Or in other words, once you're acquiring real property, you could acquire movable property along with that through the same Kinyanim, ultimately again, for real property. Fine. Well, another interesting halacha, again, we'll see all of this. In general, you cannot be made to take an oath to swear regarding karka, regarding land. So if there's a dispute regarding land, so that you can't generate a shvua, an oath. However, if you are swearing over movable property, that oath could devolve upon real property as well. Again, we'll discuss exactly how that works. So we'll say, let's analyze. Let's go back. First thing we learned in the Mishnah is that real property, real estate, is acquired with kasef, shtar, and chazaka. Says the Gemara, kasef milalan. How do I know that you could acquire land with kasef? Where do I know that from? Amr chizkia. Amr chizkia. So the Gemara says, Amr kra sados ba kasef yiknu. Go say the Pasuk in Yirmiya. It's actually interesting, right? So chizkia, 
quoting the Rabbi in Yirmiyah, Yirmiyah says, and acquire the fields with money. So you see from here, fields can be acquired with money. But maybe even money by itself is not enough. Maybe money only works when ultimately it's accompanied by a star. After all, what does the Pasuk say? Yermia says, purchase the fields with money. Purchase the fields with money. And then literally again, write in a safer, write in the document, sign the document. So maybe money by itself is not strong enough. Maybe money ultimately again requires a star as well. So iksiv yiknu lebasov kidikamrit. If the Pasuk would say, Yiknu, it shall be acquired at the end of the Pasuk, I would agree. So the Gemara says, yiknu But now that it says, Yiknu, in the beginning of the Pasuk, Kesef kani shtar raya ba'amuhu. Now, also, what Yirmiya means to say is like this. Really, money is what is affecting acquisition. Money is affecting the kingdom. Right? Ultimately, again, the shtar, so what's the role of the shtar? The shtar, ultimately, again, is there, is there for, for raya. For Raya, ultimately again for a proof. For a proof. Amarav, Loshan al Bamakam Shane Kosin as Ashtar. Ultimate so we'll say, so therefore again, so, so remember, which trends just to keep on keep focused over here. Mishnah told us that that real property, Nechasim Sheshlan Christ, is acquired with Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. So right now, what's my goal? I want to figure out how do I know Kesef? How do I know Kesef? What's the answer? Yermiyah Hanavi. Yermiyah Hanavi says, Sados ba Kesef Yiknu. Acquire fields with money. I, what about the kasov, the sefer, the chasov? It sounds like you need a shtar. We'll say that's what we call a shtaraya. You know, in halacha, there's two different types of shtaros. There is a shtar, there's a document that can be used as a mode or, or a vehicle of acquisition, a vehicle of kinyan. And then there is a shtar that's just shtaraya. It's proof that a transaction occurred. The immersive suggests that when Yermia says, write a shtar, write a shtar, ultimately again, that is just a shtaraya. That, right, that, that is to be proof of the event that it occurred. Fine. So Rav, so Rav says, when do we say, when do we say that money by itself ultimately again affects the acquisition of land? That's only in a place where it wasn't, where it's not common to write a star. To write a star. In other words, where they don't write a star as part of the sale. However, so the Gemara in a place where common custom is to write a document as part of the sale, lokano. Ultimately, again, the transaction is not complete until the shtar is written. So I will say, so what this is, what this is actually is, is very important, which is what the Gemara is introducing us to is, there's abstract halacha, and then there's halacha as the way it fits into the minagamakam, into the conventional norms of the marketplace. So the Gemara says, in, in, halacha, in halacha, you could affect a real estate transaction just with money. That could work. However, if you live in a place, and in the place, the common custom is real estate transactions are not finalized until there is money and the star, then your transaction is governed by the common practices of the marketplace. This is incredibly important. This happens all the time in, in, in business disputes, where halacha says one thing, but the marketplace says that thing plus. So it's important to understand that business transactions are governed by the norms of the marketplace in which you are operating. So even though Kesef by itself could affect real estate transaction, if in Baltimore, now the way we do real estate transactions is, is money and the star, the transaction is not finished until the star is completed. So the Gemara says, Ki ha'drav idi bar'avin. I'm sorry, vi'i parish parish. 
They're both saying now, of course, like in any transactions, in any transaction, you can stipulate whatever you want. In other words, let's say I live in Baltimore. I live in Baltimore, right? And, and in Baltimore, the way real, real estate transactions are affected is it's money and the star. It's money and the star. But I'm, I'm entering into an agreement with Ruben. I say, Ruben, let's both agree that for this transaction, Kesef is going to be enough. If we both agree to that, then okay, that becomes the governing criteria, so to speak, for the transaction, because we both agreed on that. The parish parish was interesting. Giha, to have Idi Bar Avin. The boss said, it's fascinating. When of Idi Bar Avin, Kizabin Ara, when he used to sell land, he would make the following condition. Amar, he would say, I reserve the right that if I want to acquire this land with, or right, when I want to acquire this land with money, I could acquire the money. Or if I want to acquire with the star, I'll acquire with the star. So we'll say, so why, what, what's the Pshat? Idi Bar Avin used to go ahead and essentially dictate favorable terms for himself. And he would say, I want to reserve the right to decide whether or not I want the deal closed with money or I want the deal closed with the star. Now, why would he do this? Fascinating. So why, sometimes I want it to be sealed with money. So Because I'll say, I'm nervous that ultimately, again, if the purchaser, if the purchaser wants to back out, I don't want him to back out. So therefore, again, once the money is tendered, that's it, the deal is closed. So ultimately, again, but sometimes they want it to be star. Why? Because they say if it's a star, if I want to back out, to have the ability to back out. Okay. So the point that Gemara is making over here is you could dictate whatever, whatever, whatever details of the transaction you want, as long as both parties agree. So I'll say, so here's what we have: property could be acquired with a star. Kesef, sorry, Kesef, right? Kesef. And Kesef works by itself, right? Unless, of course, you live in a locale where what? Kesef is always accompanied by Shtar. Then, you're governed by the details of local, local business custom. And, but even in a place that's local business custom, parties to a transaction have the ability to what? Stipulate whatever they want. Good. That's part one. Next. Ubi Shtar. Next part of the Mishnah. Property could be acquired with a star. How do we know this? If you want to say, well, say it's because of the puzzle we saw before by Yirmiya. He said, record the transaction in a document and sign it. That can't work. Why? Because remember, how did we explain that phrase before? We explained that star in that puzzle as not referring to the transactional star, star, but rather referring to as a proof star. Right? It's a star that records that an event occurred. Right? They have to say from here. So the Pasik says, the Pasik says, I took the Sefer Hamakne, right? I took the book of the document of acquisition. So the Gemara says, So therefore, again, that's the proof. That's the passage. I just want to point out to you how interesting it is that remember, all of these psukim are from Navi, are not from the Chumash. Are not from Chumash. This is always an interesting aside. Fine. In any event, in any event, the point over here is we have now, we have now the Pasuk. So the Gemara says, Shmuel says, Lo Shana Ela Bishtar Matana. So this is actually very interesting. So now comes along Shmuel. Shmuel says, by the way, when do we say that Shtar by itself has the ability to affect 
a transaction for, for real estate, for land, that's only in the case of a gift. It's only in the case of a gift. So I will say, in the case of a gift, there's no additional consideration, right? Remember, again, a gift is, Ruve wants to give me a gift of land. There's no additional consideration. So therefore, again, that transaction, so to speak, because a gift is also a transaction, that transaction could be affected by a shtar by itself. But when there is an actual sale, so Shmuel says, shtar by itself will not work. Shtar will absolutely require money. Will require money. So massive Rav Hamnuna, so Rav Hamnuna raised the kasha, bishtar ki. So Rav will say, how does it work to affect the real estate transaction with the shtar? If you write on a piece of paper, again, paper will say in this context, of course, means unprocessed parchment, or even on a piece of pottery or clay. Even though, again, the document upon which you are writing does, is not worth anything. It's not worth anything. And what do I write on the document? My field is sold to you. My field is given to you. The field is sold and the field is given. So I will say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see from here that that ultimately, again, a, a document does work even for an actual sale. It does work. So what's going on over here? This is fascinating. Normally, the Gemara wants to suggest, normally, if you want to sell real estate, what do you need? What do you need? Shtar by itself is not going to work. Shtar by itself will only work when accompanied by money. There is an exception. And I both say, and what's the logic of that? The logic of that is that stama person, stama person does not want to go ahead and sell his land without money being given, right? That's, that's a dangerous proposition. So where does it work? It works, I will say, what happens if you have a field that's a really bad field? So your interest as a seller is offloading this, and my interest as a seller is locking someone into this transaction in a way they can't get out. In that case, I'm willing to commit to the sale just with the shtar, even if money has not been offered. That's called Mocher Sadeu Mipnei Rasa. Rashi says, but we'll say it's almost right across in Rashi. Mipnei Rasa. In the case of where I'm selling my field because of its inferior quality, and therefore I'm just happy to have found a purchaser, I am okay committing to the, committing to the transaction even if some money has not been tendered. Rav says, no, no, what's the case? The case of Osei, where Shtar will work by itself, is even if, is even if even if, I'm giving it as a matana. So Rav say, so the Lord is coming full circle, the Lord is saying, only time that Shtar works by itself is when you're giving a gift. Any type of transaction is always, for real estate, is always going to acquire money in some way, shape, or form. But Lamaisa Amatana ultimately again could be accomplished just by a star. So if I'm giving a gift to someone, so why would there be a, a verbiage of, of a transaction, of a sale, for a document that's conveying a gift? To which the says, ultimately again to go ahead and to go ahead and um, literally enhance the enhance the rights of the recipient. I was both said, this is an interesting concept. When you, if I give someone, if I give Ruvain, land is a matana, right? What, what recourse does Ruvain have if that land is seized or something happens to that land? What recourse does he have? No, it's a matana. What you can do is you can give someone a matana and vest them with the rights of a purchaser. 
Right? So I'm giving you a matana, but I'm going to phrase the matana as a sale. And we'll say, now what does that do? So that's actually a pretty powerful gift. What that does do is, if I, so if I, if I go ahead and I give Ruben a field, but I give it to him, I, or I give, him, I give it to him the matana with the verbiage of a sale, what that means is if my creditor comes and seizes that land from Ruben, guess what? Ruben has the right to what? Has the right to what? To come back to me and to be made whole, even though he's not out anything, right? He didn't pay anything, it was a gift. But if I give this to him, with the, I give him a gift, what we call the Torah's mecher, with the verbiage of a sale, it, 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 it goes and increases his rights. So, both say, so bottom line, what the Gemara seems to be saying to over here is, sounds like the conclusion of the Gemara is that shtar will work, but shtar only works by itself for a matana, for a gift. Shtar for a sale will not affect the entire sale without the conveyance of funds. Look at Rashi just a moment. Ravashi Yomar, Hach mas nisin benosli matana mairi, vekula chadehi, velav o o katani, elakach, vekach, kasav lo sadai mechura, unasun locha, liafo says kocho, shim yigba, shim, sorry, shim yigvena bal, so Ravashi wants to suggest the price is not talking about a case of a sale and a gift. It's only one case of a gift. Of a gift. And Allah says the only time shtar works by itself is for a gift. And the person is giving a gift, but he's enhancing the gift by giving it over as a sale in order to go ahead and bolster the rights of the recipient. But in a stam real estate transaction, Star by itself will not work. Incredible. Next, Chazaka. You could also go ahead and acquire land with a Chazaka, proprietary act, an act of ownership. Minovan, where do we know this? Go ahead, literally, and live in the cities that you have seized, that you have taken. But say, it's interesting. Where is this Pasuk? Rashi says, Remember, remember again, who is Gidai ben Achikam? Son Gidalia. So Gidai ben Achikam was the Jewish governor appointed by the king of Babel, right? This is after the destruction of the first base of Mikdash. He was, the, he was the Jewish leader, so to speak, of the Jews in Eretz Yisrael. So Gidai ben Achikam says to the Jews, whatever area you've been able to recapture, resettle, go ahead and live there, right? Shavu ba'arechem asher tefastem. How did you capture, so to speak, the land or grab the land? Be yeshiva through living there. So you see from here that Allah is living somewhere, right? Is a proprietary act that that that, that acquires them. Very shmal tana firashtem also viyashtemba passing from the chumash. You will inherit it and you will dwell in it. But mayirashtem, how did you inherit it? Ultimately, again, be yeshiva. So we'll say. So this is chazaka. So now we have successfully shown that real estate could be acquired ultimately through kasef. Through shtar, although shtar again for sure works by matana, machlok is if it'll work just by stam a transaction. Sounds like it doesn't work by itself. And chazaka proprietary act, active ownership, incredible. Next, next. But again, movable property can only be acquired with mashicha. Minalan, where do we know that from? So the pasuk says when you will sell. An item, sell, sell, a, sell an item, a mimkar, to your fellow, or you acquire something from the hand of your fellow. Davar hanikne miyad liyad. Both you see from here that for movable property, the way ultimately again it's acquired is when it's transferred from one hand to another. So both say, that's Mashiach. That's Mashiach, right? So Mashiach ultimately again is the giving over of the item, and then of course the movement of the item from one domain to another. Rabbi Yochanan, the Amar, the Torah, Maos Konos, Ma'ikal and Neymar. 
Rabbi say, according to Rabbi Yochanan, we'll see more of this. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who says that Allah movable property is acquired with money, right? I will say this is a much bigger discussion. In general, in general, we're going to see that that. Well, let's see. So, Rabbi Yochanan says, 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 there was a general concern that if if money acquires movable property, what does that mean? I'm purchasing wheat from Ruvain. Purchasing wheat from Ruvain. And then what happens? I pay him, here's $1,000 for the wheat. The wheat is in the granary of Ruvain. Okay, so now what happens? Ruvain unfortunately has a fire in his granary and $1,000 of wheat is destroyed. Guess what Ruvain's going to say to me? Whose wheat was destroyed? Whose wheat was destroyed? Silver, I'm so sorry, your wheat was destroyed. Nisrafu chitecha ba'aliyah. So in order to avoid things like that, right? So Chazal said, you know, when it comes to movable property, it's not complete ultimately until the property is handed over. So even if you hold ultimately, again, the rabbi stepped in and said, no, movable property is not finalized until ultimately the property itself is handed over by Mashiach. Incredible. I'll say there's a beautiful insight by the vision of Zerebah. He says this concept of Devar Torah Maos Konos. So in Devar Torah, so listen to what the rabbi says. He says, Dvar Torah, if a person wants to acquire Torah in life, a person wants to acquire holiness, a person wants to acquire spirituality, how do you do it? The Gemara says, Maos Konos. In the same way you acquire money, is the same way you acquire spirituality. What does that mean? will say, what does a person have to do to acquire money? You work hard. Right? And a person is willing to work really hard. The, right, the more money I have the ability to make, the harder I am willing to work. And if it means overtime, and if it means weekends, and if it means inconvenience, and if it means giving up other things in order to be able to seal that deal, especially a lucrative one, I'll do what I have to do. I'll make the necessary sacrifice. The Rebbe says, Torah, so if you want the words of Torah, you want Ruchnius, you want holiness in your life, you have to be willing to exert the same level of effort that you would exert to be successful in your parnasa. Maos konos. Whatever sacrifices you're willing to make to be financially successful, be willing to make those same sacrifices for your spiritual success, and you will accomplish. Incredible. Incredible. So the Gemara goes back there. So remember again, last part of the Mishnah, as the Mishnah said, that movable property could be acquired ultimately again with land, Right? So again, so simply put, so I could acquire movable property together with movable property. And therefore the same kinyon in that case that will work for, for real property, right? Did I say that correctly? Movable property could be acquired with real property through kasev, shtar, and chazaka. So the says, where do I know this from? So I'm matanos. So the Pasik says, this is talking about the children of Yoshaphat, King Yoshaphat. So the Pasik says, their father gave them gifts together with the fortified cities in Yehuda. So the way the Gemara is understanding this Pasik is, is that the Yoshaphat gave his children cities, right? That's land, that's Karka. And in the cities was movable property. So when they acquired the cities, they acquired the movable property as well. 
Beautiful. So now I, I asked the Gemari Bailu, Bainan Siburamulo. So Mose says, okay, so now here's what I know. I know that movable property can be acquired with real property. Here's the Shiloh. Does the movable property have to be stacked on the real property or not? That's Sibur literally means piled. So is that how this works? In other words, that I acquire the real property, and since the movable property is stacked on the real property, I acquire, I acquire the movable property. Is that how that works? Or no, once I'm acquiring real property, that could drag along movable property wherever the movable property is. So it's Sibur though. Amar Rav Yosef, Tashma, let's analyze. Let's analyze. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Karka kolshu chayeves bepeo bebikurim. So Shabbi Kiva says as follows: Karka kolshu, any amount of karka, any amount of land is chayev in peo. Right? So Shabbos say peo. Remember again, it's the obligation to leave a corner of your field to the poor. So it doesn't matter how big or small your field is, you're chayev for peo. Next, bikurim, first fruit. No matter how small your land is, if it grows produce, you're chayev to bring first fruit. Amud beis v'lichtov ala prosbol. And I will say, ultimately, again, we're going to get to this sugya. Try to prosbol. Remember again, prosbol is the document that allows you to go ahead and convey your debts over to Beisdin, so that Shemitah does not cancel them. The only way to write a prosbol, ultimately, again, is if you have real estate, land, even a side, we'll learn about this, even the side, tiny piece of land, tiny parcel of land satisfies this criteria. The liknos ima nechasim she'en lahen achrayis. And let's say, listen to this, and the smallest piece of land is also enough to allow you to acquire movable property. Okay? So what's this? See what's happening over here? So Yekiva says, even the tiny amount of land, Chayvin Peah, Chayvin Bikurim, works for Prozbal and allows you to acquire movable property together with it. Now says the Gemara, Now if you hold that for the real property to acquire the movable property, the movable property has to be stacked on the real property, and if we're talking about a tiny parcel of land, right, tiny little piece of land, what could you possibly stack on it? Right, what could you put on it? So that seems to be a proof that what? That the movable property need not be stacked on the real property. To which the Gemara says, Targuma Rav Shmuel Bar Bisna Kamed Rav Yosef. So Shmuel Bar Bisna said before Rav Yosef, Kegon Shana'atz Bamechat. No, the case could be where you have a tiny little piece of land, and what did you put in it? A needle. A needle. So you're acquiring the needle, in other words, that's, maybe that's the case, right? You're acquiring a tiny parcel of land, and there's a little needle, go, right, is stuck in the land, and when you acquire the real property, you acquire the needle along with it. So I'm sure this is great. So the Shlomo says before Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Kabastan, I will say, the loose translation of Kabastan is, you are so annoying. Right? You are so annoying. Like, what, what? Come on, stop it. Rash says, Kabasta means Tsaratani. Your answer bothers me. <laughs> so it's interesting, right? Not just you're wrong, not just like, no, you're wrong. Your answer annoys me, right? What you're saying annoys me, right? Come on, come on. The Tan is coming to teach me about how to convey a needle. Right? Well, as we'll say, we're, we're talking about real stuff over here, right? When the Mishnah says that Nechasim She'in Lahen we're talking about volume. It's about volume, right? That when I transfer real estate, when I, when I sell real estate, transfer real estate, I can also transfer movable property. We're talking about real volume of stuff over here. The time is coming to teach me the one case of a needle. So I said, to which, to which Rabbisna responds, Amravashi, or I'm sorry, Amravashi says, Amravashi, man leimalan, delo tana ba marginisa, the shavya alpazuze. I mean, don't think that a needle is so valueless. 
who says that dangling on their needle is not a gem, marganisa, that's worth a thousand zos. A thousand zos. So you want to talk about value, value doesn't have to come in volume. Right? Value can be... So we'll say, so, but bottom line, we're still based with our same basic question. So we'll say, here's what we know. Everyone agrees with the principle, right? And the principle is that movable property can be conveyed together along with real property. What the shaila is, is on the mechanics of that. Does that mean that the movable property has to be stacked on the real property? So that essentially when you acquire the real property, the movable property is right there? Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe somehow, even if it's not actually situated on the real property, halacha the conveyance still occurs. So that's our, oh, that's our open shot. Let's touch on that, let's analyze. Amr Rebeloz. Rebeloz says a good story. There was a story of a Madoni. We'll say Madoni is the name of a place. A guy from Madon, right, who was in Yerushalayim. He had a lot of movable property. And he wanted to convey them as a matana. So, let's say, so, so again, so the guy will call him Madoni. So Madoni is in Yerushalayim. He wants to give a gift to Ruvain. Right, he's got, so Madoni has a ton of metalcolin. He somehow wants to give a gift to her. And I both say, and I remember again, how do you convey ownership of metalcolin? How does that, right? what is ownership, how do you convey ownership of metalcolin? Meshicha, Meshicha, right? So, so, so remember again, he wants to go ahead and he wants to give a, and we're going to see, obviously the recipient is not there. So Madoni wants to convey ownership of metalcolin, but the problem of course is that the recipient, the recipient, right, Ruvain is not present. So Mashiach is not an option. Mashiach is not an option. So how do you convey ownership? So the Gemara says, so, so the rabbi said to him, Okay, so there is a way. How do you do it? How do you do it? Right? Make it a case of, And that can happen with Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. Right? So go ahead and essentially convey it to him through real estate. Through real estate, so Maasa, what did the Madoni do? Maasa, Halaf Velakach base Sela Salaf Yushalayim. So he went, he went and he bought a tiny piece of Abbas say the way we're understanding right now is base Sela means land the size of a Sela. So he bought himself a tiny, a tiny, literally, land the size of a Sela next to Yushalayim. Vamar, and what did he say? Right, so say that, you know, it's interesting, it's interesting that. He was in Yerushalayim. Where does he purchase the land? Where does he purchase the land? Salach Yerushalayim. Why I will say, certain things don't change. No one could afford Yerushalayim, right? In other words, even, even, even again, the Madoni, right? The Madoni, he, all he wants is a tiny little piece of land, right? Just to sell up. Not, nothing for sale in Yerushalayim for a reasonable price. So he has to go ask. You know what? There's something beautiful about that. Yerushalayim should always be the most expensive city in the world. That's the way it should work because there is no other real estate like it in the entirety of the world. It should be the most expensive. So he goes outside of Yerushalayim just to go ahead and buy a little cellar. So what happens? Va'amar. And we'll say, so now, so now Madoni has this tiny little piece of land, right? All, all he's got, all he's got is literally, again, the size of a cellar. So what happens? So what happens? So he goes, Va'amar, Tsefoni ze leploni. So I will say, so what did he say? Listen, the northern part, so again, it's a tiny piece of land, is the northern part of this field should go to Ploni. Ploni, remember, is Ruvain. 
Umes. So Moses says, what happens? And so he conveys the northern part of this little tiny piece of land. And he says, Reuven should acquire this piece of land. And together with the land, he should also acquire a hundred sheep and a hundred barrels of wine. And then after this, after this, Madoni dies. Madoni dies. The Kaimu Estevarov. And the rabbis upheld the transaction. They upheld the transaction. Okay. So Rabbi said, what do you see from here? Obviously, if you think that the movable property has to be stacked on the land itself, Rabbi said, that obviously wouldn't work over here. This is a tiny little piece of land. And he only conveyed a tiny piece of a tiny piece of land. There's obviously no room over here for 100 sheep and 100 barrels. So which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Mi savra base sela sela mamish. No. Do you think that Madoni bought land the size of a cellar? That's not what it means. My cellar, what does he mean he bought a base cellar? Denafish tuva. No, he bought himself a nice piece of land, right? A, ni- a nice parcel. So why does it, the my cardaluhu cellar, so why does it call it a base cellar? The kash gisela. Because the land itself it was, is actually, they called it base cellar, we'll say, because it was rocky soil. It was rocky soil. So base cellar was not a description of the size. Base cellar was a description of the soil type. But in this case, actually, Madoni bought a very large field. And, it's, and he gave the northern part to Ruvain. And the area was large enough to stack the sheep and stack, or whatever, put the sheep and stack the barrels. So I'll say, so still, we haven't, so we, we, we haven't answered our question yet. So Tashma. Let's go back to So Tashma. So listen to this. There was a story of a guy who became sick in Yerushalayim, like Rabbi Eliezer. We'll see, we'll see what that means in just a moment. It read, the Gemara says, Others say he was a Bari, like the Rabbanon. So we'll say, so this is a discussion. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Rashi says, about whether or not the Shechidmira, a deathly ill person, has the ability to convey ownership of something simply through Dibor. Okay, so there was a story of a guy, who became, the story of a guy. According to Rabbi Eliezer, he was ill, right? And according to the Rabbanon, he was fine. Okay, what happened? He had a lot of metalkalin, a lot of movable property. Ubikesh lit name the matana. So we'll say so. We'll call him Guy. So right, Guy. We'll call him Ruvain. Right, Ruvain had a ton of property, movable property, and he wanted to give it over as a matana to Shimon. So what happened? They said to him, Amrulo karka. So they said, Ruvain, listen. The only way for you to convey this to Shimon is through real estate. Right, give him real estate, and through the real estate, he'll convey to him ownership of the movable property. Ma'asa. So what did Ruvain do? Halach, halach, velakach base rova. So he went and he purchased a base rova by Yerushalayim. Va'amar tefach al tefach leploni. What does Ruvain say? Ruvain says a tefach by tefach's place in this field ultimately again is goes to ploni, goes to ploni. Right? Vimo meatzon umeachavios. And we'll say together with that tefach by tefach, he gets right. Ruvain also gets a hundred sheep and a hundred barrels. Right? Hundred barrels of wine. Umeis, and then Ruvain died. And the Chachamim upheld his gift. Now, obviously, this is even more explicit because this is a tefach by tefach area. Right? And if you hold that you require the property to be piled on the real estate. So ultimately, what can you do with tefach by tefach area? Right? Obviously, you can't pile anything on that. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. What's the case? 
Lidmi, Lidomi. Both say, Ruvain wasn't conveying 100 sheep and 100 barrels. He was conveying the value, money. He was conveying money. How much money was it? Enough money to buy 100 sheep and 100 barrels. So we'll say, that's what he was stacking. And again, if you have a tevach by tevach field, that is enough space to stack money. Hachanai, Mestabra, this seems to be clear. If you think ultimately, again, it's actually 100 sheep and 100 barrels, so mamish nikninu nehele b'chalipen. We'll say, so then why, I don't understand why you're lying on karka. There are other ways to convey actual metaltalin. Let him use chalipen. Ve'elamai lidomi. Rather, I will say, it must be that he was conveying money. Aye, but if it's money, nikninhu nehele b'meshicha. So why do you have to involve karka at all? Just remember, again, movable properties required by Meshicha. So just let the intended recipient, Shimon, acquire with Meshicha. Rather, it has to be that the intended recipient was not present. So to over here, ultimately, again, the recipient, the recipient was not present. So why not just convey ownership? Why can't Reuven convey ownership of the money to Shimon through a third party? Reuven is nervous to give over cash to a third party. To a third party, even to acquire it on behalf of Shimon. Ultimately, again, he was concerned that maybe the third party, the Shliach, would run off of with the money. Ela my inlo takano. So what does it mean inlo takano? Hachikamar l'may dilos sam chadaite inlo takano at shikni magabe karka. Because Ruvain was so nervous to utilize a third party, and because Shimon, the recipient, was not present, the only option he had was to convey the money agav karka. So I will say. So we're going to stop over here for today. We're not done, right? Our 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 question is still open, which is here's what we know. We know that movable property can be conveyed ultimately again through real property. What don't we know? What don't we know? Does the movable property have to be stacked on the real property or not? That is still our open-ended question. And we to be continuing tomorrow. We'll say,